Laura. Hello and welcome again to the Cornetto Minute, the soon-to-be daily podcast where we will review, analyze, and discuss every single minute of Edgar Wright's Cornetto trilogy, one minute at a time. But that's not what we're doing today. Uh, today we're talking about Spaced, uh, specifically episode five of season two, uh, Gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I am always uh, Nick Jimenez, assistant manager. And I'm Scott Corelli. <laughs> And I am George Hendricks. I am an associate at large. <laughs> uh, welcome back uh, to the show, George. You're our first returning guest. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be back. So, I don't know, Nick, where do you want to start with Gone? Oh, man. I just uh, I just really want to talk about, I don't know, just, just, just how much I really love this episode. I... I know this sounds this sounds like a weird uh, discovery to come to, but I, as we're nearing the, you know, the the, the kind of victory lap of, of this of this portion of the journey, I'm I keep I can't get over just how still giddily in love with this show that I am, and you know I if we're being honest, like I was this was a super packed few days for me personally and professionally, and so. I kind of, you know, the, 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 the doing the show was like, oh man, I got to do this and do that. And then I got to do, and then as soon as I saw what episode we were talking about, I was just like, oh my God, this is, (laughs) this is exactly what I, what I needed today. Um, (laughs) I, I don't know. I feel like I've said this is my favorite episode too much, but what I will say is that Gone is definitely the episode that I would show someone, uh, if they've never seen space before, mm. uh, I, this has every, every moment that I think of when, when I think of space is in this episode. I, I think you've said that multiple times too. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's so, it, yeah, well, cause it's so, yeah. it's so hard because almost every episode of space is just perfect. You know, like I would, I, I think I can definitively say, I think this is the first episode of space I ever watched. Oh, okay. okay. Interesting. All right. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I, I think it's a phenomenal episode. And one of the things that, um, really struck me about it is, uh, we haven't seen Tim and Daisy together by themselves. Like they haven't had a storyline by themselves since the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. This so, is also like a nice little, um, this is a, this is a very strong forward step in their progression. So it was, it was a nice mm-hmm. little sidestep from what had been happening with, you know, her getting back from site and, you know, Thailand and all this other stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I, I just really love how, yeah, it, it is an episode that's just Tim and Daisy, but like the, their a plot is just, they go out. <laughs> they just, they just go to, they just go to a pub. Like there's no, like, I mean, there's a lot of movie references in this, but I, I, I just love how simple Peg and, and, and Heinz like let that be. Mm-hmm. Now that's a question. Um, is you guys have seen this this series a lot? Is it just me, or are they are they just getting just packing in more and more movie references as the show goes on? Because I just feel like watching Cedar series two, it just kind of getting into it. It feels like it's like every other scene is like modeled after some other movie or some reference or there's some bit or like you know mm-hmm. like he, like later on he's playing like a Resident Evil and you can hear it in the background and it's like. Everything is sort of like building on itself. Mm-hmm. I will say that they definitely reference things with much less abandon this season. Mm-hmm. Like they, they just have very little shame about just like doing scenes. Yeah, like, I, well, and, let's and let's I say not go over the top. Way. Like, yeah, screw it. Let's just do it. Let's, let's go crazy. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. I think too, the episodes where, um, the, the where the plot is uh where it's just like a very character centric story i think the way that they get around doing like if you just did this story just <laughs> straight and like straight and narrow just right down the middle 
it would be a really like a lot of people I think would be like, well, that was a waste of an episode. Like yeah. what, how boring mm-hmm. was that? Um, it was literally them just going to a bar and talking and coming home. Um, yeah, but not even like fighting or ever right. like disagreeing. I know. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's uh, they couldn't really agree on just... where to go to start with. Are you kidding? They had to flip a coin That's for true. it. That's very true. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was I a great bit. That. I love the whole scene. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I have more to say about that later, but, but yeah, it, it, it's just <laughs> like, it seems like they, um, the episodes that have more movie references are the ones that have less plot and are more mm. sort of character centric whereas the mm-hmm. more plotty ones don't don't seem to have as much time for all of these references or opportunity for all of these references um you know when it's just like a character centric thing and you're basically making references to conversations in other movies um it it, it i think it allows for more flexibility in uh those movie references and to be totally honest it's more of the moments in my life when I find myself making movie references is usually in super mundane moments, not, yeah. you know, when I'm going to a secret robot club um, to, <laughs> yeah, to like fight my robots. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it, 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 it almost feels, which is weird because there's only been like 12 episodes at this point, but it, it, it kind of does feel like a back to basics episode in many ways. Mm-hmm. Well, also, yeah. I feel like they spent so much time in season one trying to like playing the whole uh, uh, they're not together, but they have to pretend to be for everyone's benefit. And by the end of that and like the beginning, they just sort of like stopped pushing that so hard. Mm-hmm. And now they're left with, OK, now where do we take this? Mm-hmm. And so their next I mean, they reference it, but it's not nearly as like there's no drama revolving around, you know, someone finding out that they're not together. Yeah. yeah. Like if you if you if you pass me that that if you pitch me that in an elevator, like a guy and a girl who don't know each other have to pretend to be boyfriend and girlfriend in order to get like a really good apartment deal there. You know, I, I think about like, oh, there's so much like pratfalls and, you know, mistaken identity and like the kind of like four door farce mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah. Yeah, the show just really quickly loses interest in that. Yeah, it, it, it it's such a small part of the show's identity. But it but it's funny because as we'll find out in uh, our our next episode that we're covering, um, right? It comes back to bite them all in the ass. Uh, in the, in yeah. like the next episode, um, the the end of this almost feels like the show remembering that part of itself. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, yeah, because even they forget, and that's what bites them in the ass is that they forget that mm-hmm. they were doing that. Um, th- the same <laughs> way that everyone watching the show forgot that they were doing that, and all yeah. of that is going to come bite them in the ass in the next episode. But that's I I love that sort of um that meta reaction to the conceit of the show, which is that like we cared so little about it that we just completely forgot. <laughs> yeah, well, that seems very yeah. much like an Edgar Wright sort of thing. He's like, he's getting all into it, and he's like, oh, let's do this, this, and this. And like, oh, yeah, you know what? We totally forgot the fact that the whole premise of the show is they're not supposed to be, they're supposed to be together and they're not. It's like, we right. should have an entire episode where they sort of like have that realization that they forgot about that. Mm-hmm. 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 It, it's like one of the, uh, it's something you could imagine if, if Edgar Wright just had a network show now in 2017, it would probably do stuff like that a lot more. Yeah. 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 Probably. Um, so, so yeah, so let's get, so things off, start off simply enough. Uh, Jess, uh, Jessica, uh, Daisy is, I, I, I immediately like was already starting with a really good bit. I, I loved her telling no one about her like stew, stew preparation. It sounds like, like she's almost doing like a, her, like her own culinary show. Like she's doing like the voiceover for like something on the food <laughs> yeah. network or something. She's getting into mm-hmm. it. Talking about like, wow, this and that. Yeah, like some people dice the potatoes or like the potatoes, chop them in half and bang, half. two halves and chop. it's a potato stew. I, it's I simple, wondered, it's a bit sexy. I, there was something about her delivery of it that almost made me wonder if it was a Forrest Gump reference to like <laughs> – That's true. To, yeah. to Bubba and the shrimp. Mm-hmm. Um, something about like the monotonous way she was – doing it and the fact that like <laughs> that mike was listening but not really listening was just kind of going uh-huh 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 it just reminded me of like that montage in forrest gump um mm-hmm. yeah but but it's... i don't i don't know if that's what they were doing but uh i regardless it's great and then 
she's got the good oregano. <laughs> Have they ever gone into like her culinary yeah. abilities before? I don't remember that being a thing. Mm-mm. I I I really want to say this is the first time that she's even like cooked. Yeah. But that's also but- so they're sort of like revealing her ability to cook. They did that whole weird thing where they were, they were like um I what's his name? I'm blanking. Uh Simon Pegg. Oh, Tim. Tim. Tim, Tim, God, I knew. Okay. But, you know, his like latent psychic abilities, which are not really like, they just like had a thing kind of in the background when he lost his <laughs> yeah. job. It's like he's just bringing out more weird subtext to the characters. It's like, oh, she's really good at cooking, but no one knows because she really doesn't be able to cook for them. It's like, oh, yeah, well, well he's it could also be, <laughs> well, it could also be a thing where she's not like a good cook. She just like makes this one thing really good. She's just like, really confident. Well, like, about well, this and just too. like a lot of people, a lot of people have like that one thing they're really good at, even if they're not like good at cooking in general. Like they might have mm-hmm. that one thing that they're just really good at. Um, yeah, like something they inherited from like a family member, maybe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, or something that they made by accident one night in college and just like became the one thing that they make all the time that they're really good yeah. at, you know? It, yeah. Odds are it involves macaroni and cheese. Well, I probably. also happen to have a really good chicken stew. I just, so I was identifying with her on that very strongly. <laughs> Fair and enough. Well, use, stews I, are just the, yeah. Don't use oregano. The best. I mean, yeah. Or, yeah, or whatever. Or, oregano. Oh, that was a great, that was a, that was a great bit where she was like, oh, I, I got it on a market from like this guy during my adventures. And it's just like a person of color working at like in an AMPM. Yeah. Just down the street. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a good like visual joke of like London, like through the window. <laughs> um, the good shit. I also, uh, yeah. I, I also like, there's something that happens a lot in this episode where, they uh they do something where um you know there's those things that a lot of us say like those sayings that we all sort of take for granted and mm-hmm. we just say them without really recognizing the meaning behind what we're saying uh and and this episode does a lot where someone will say something and then immediately get called out on it like for more detail or whatever like like the example is like um tim's new girlfriend is like it's like oh Sophie. oh daisy uh tim's told me uh so much so about, much about you. you she's yeah. like yeah oh really what has he said that <laughs> your name is daisy and you live with Share him flat. that's it yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's yes. like pumping so her for information. She's like, no, go on, tell me what he said. It's gonna be fine. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. yeah it, it is one of those things that if we, if if anyone ever cared enough to just peel an additional layer deeper, there's like nothing behind that. Statement. It's like the so how are you like, doing today? Most people don't care, but when you actually tell them right. how you're doing, it's like, well, you know, I like I'm stressed out about yeah. money, and the people are like, whoa, 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 calm down. I'm just your Lyft yeah. driver. It's okay. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and or then, like, uh, I'm really, I'm really bad at that. I'm really bad at, at, I'm still like getting used to like talking to people like on like in just in life, like that I didn't plan on. <laughs> and so I always just lean back. Like my go-to or just like the weather hmm. uh, or it's like, well, yeah, it's uh, hot today for. But there's the thing is like I legitimately when I ask about the weather, I'm curious because I like I talk about the weather all the time. It's like it's very interesting, especially in different parts of the country. I was texting yeah, a friend universal. of mine a couple of weeks ago and she's like, I'm driving from this and this like, oh, how's the weather? And she never responded. And a few weeks later, I was like, why didn't you respond? She's like, I thought you were blowing me off because you're asking me about the weather. It's like, no, I legitimately was curious of what the weather was like in your drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, so then we get we get this great uh I, I love this this uh this Tim thing. I just I love that Simon Pegg and well and well really everyone on this show. Um I just love that they don't care that they don't look cool. Um <laughs> and that like they find the comedy in that. And so there's this great bit where he's just she, she's like hands Daisy hands the phone to Tim and he's just like <laughs> uh she's calling me. Great. And then he goes to the phone, he's like all cocky and just goes, Hello. <laughs> yeah it's the best oh yes and and while we're on the while we're on the subject um i just want to say um in this scene in particular i'm i'm kind of a fan of sophie 
Yeah, sure. I think Sophie's great. I mean, she's like, just on that phone hear, call, but yeah. Well, after hearing about what a like reviled character in the show for the fans that she is, I was just like, oh, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I get it, and it's it's a it is a weird thing to pull this late in the game on a show, but I don't know. I don't. I I got nothing against Sophie. No. At the same time, we're also used to shows that run a lot longer than two seasons. So, right. so, yeah. so that's is like, you know, for this is like, oh, this is an aggression. But, for, you know, to the British audience, it's like, oh, this, they're almost done. They're already bringing in a weird girl. What? This is crazy. <laughs> right. This season two. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool. Bowling in it. But yeah, I love, I love the typo. Like, oh, we have the misprint on the cover of the magazine. Mm-hmm. What's the magazine? Total cult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and then the, like, the other, the other, uh, the other example of, um, the uh, taking things for granted that people say is when uh, when Tim just starts like being like, ah, she's staying late with her with her uh, with her boss and she's obviously having sex with him. It's it's just like my ex all over again. He starts freaking out and like <laughs> Mike just calmly stands up, uh-huh. slaps him in the face and sits back down. And when he's like, why did you do that for? He's like. You told me that if you ever got uh, relationship paranoid, that I should slap you in the face. He's like, "You're right. I did say that. Thank you very much." Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mike is a Mike is a great friend in this episode. I know, He's awesome. Yes. It's it's something that I really that's something that I've definitely come to appreciate coming into the show as a twenty something and not a teenager like daydreaming about being a twenty something mm-hmm. is just. How what a solid friend Mike is to Tim. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah, like he, he takes Colin out on a walk, mm-hmm. and it's not his dog. Like I've had, I've known so many people in my travels that are just like not my problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think they all sort of like have I'm, this nice little yeah. bond about them that like I, I feel like it mirrors. It's much more realistic in a way than something like friends or one of those shows where they sort of like shoehorn mm-hmm. in the, the camaraderie because well they're supposed to be like this and well there's drama but these guys genuinely mm-hmm. seem to like each other and like even if they're all oh, weird yeah. and, and quirky they like respect and they like really care about each other and this is mm-hmm. made evidence by the scene where he's like okay i'll take a dog for a walk no big deal he's just mm-hmm. like why not why really, wouldn't uh, i not take a dog for a walk <laughs> yeah and like and the scene at the very beginning of just mike sort of half playing with Colin, half fiddling with his knife while Daisy's cooking. It, that that just shows such a level of comfort that is so true to life. Mm-hmm. But it, it it is it is difficult to I, I do agree with you. Yeah. So many times in, in American sitcoms, it's like, well that's too boring. They need to be like at a club or like they need to be like building a a, a scarecrow for their something quirky. You know, they can't just be hanging out. Right. Or there needs to be uh there needs to be some sort of argument or some, there has to be conflict of some kind. Yeah, um, like oh, Schmidt turned the apartment into ice because he has like a he wanted to do like a winter wonderland thing. Uh oh, you know, right? <laughs> Wackiness and, ensues. And, right, and and there's a field trip coming to the apartment in five minutes. <laughs> Everyone, Uh-oh. get out the hair dryers. Um, <laughs> I think we just wrote our new girl spec. Um, yeah, we just spec an episode of you. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so. I, I, but the, um, the finger gun fight, uh, so I, I love the finger gun fight. I love that it pays off and I love that when it pays off that, that Daisy is involved. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but the first time that they do it, I find as much as I love the way that the actual finger gun thing is, is shot and the way that they, it's performed and everything, the conversation leading up to it feels a little Stephen Moffat coupling kind like it just it felt yeah, like I was definitely. watching a different show for a second because it was like women and guys are like you know women are like this and men are like this and I was like you know, what is speak this one show? language Hold you on. get them in a room long enough and they do the thing and yeah yeah right yeah it's, I get what you mean yeah yeah it it it, it starts off in kind of like a, oh yeah Brian would totally be like that they are the guy they are the bringers of life we are just <laughs> the menstrual cycle like, synchronize. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, it, it it does get a little bit yeah, a little bit coupling, a little bit how I met your mother y. Yeah. Where it's like one character it usually yeah, usually is Barney where it's like, well, I know the difference between men and women. It's called the Schlepplep thing, and the episode <laughs> is called like the Schlepplep thing. <laughs> right. Like the giggle loop. I I I will say yeah. the giggle loop. Um I will say <laughs> that 
I think my favorite, I think my favorite sound in the entire series is this, the, the sound of, speaking of giggles, the sound of Brian's giggle when he starts playing along. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just that little subtle, like, he, he you know, he shoots him and goes, blam, and Tim reacts and he goes, ha, ha, ha. Like, he just, yeah. <laughs> he just immediately gets into it, and I love it so much. It is, it, it, yeah, and just, yeah, and, and that, that also feels kind of real to life, where you do have that one friend who maybe didn't have a lot of, you know, like, mates growing up mm-hmm. and maybe doesn't isn't used to like just messing around with like friends mm-hmm. and yeah just, yeah and him waking up at the end he'd be like that, that that's never happened to me before. <laughs> what what so so what about uh what about you guys like do you do you, do do we all agree that this is a thing like is this is this a thing to any any like maybe maybe not at this level but is this is this a thing it feels very emotionally real, but I 100% have never done this. Yeah, never, okay. I mean, um, maybe when wait. I was nine, I got to like finger gun fights yeah. with my friends. But as you get older, mm-hmm. I think it more leans towards like movie quotes or like, you know, you start out doing like mm-hmm. Monty Python and all of a sudden you're doing the whole like bring out your dead bit. You know, it's yeah. like everyone has a sort of shorthand when they get people with their friends with. So, yeah, but the, this is obviously heightened for for cinematic effect. Definitely. And like the the language of like, oh, like, yeah, we've all you know, like the idea that we've all grown up watching bad action movies and it's fun to like act that out. Like that feels totally like, yeah, we've all been on a road trip with like friends and we kind of do like default to that movie language that we all know for like, you know, for fun. We can't mm-hmm. stop here. This is bad country, no matter where you are. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah, one of those yeah. things. Everyone knows totally. the line. So it becomes a shorthand. Mm-hmm. I do know yeah, that when I was, when yeah. I was, uh, when I was a kid, um, living, growing up in Florida, um, I had friends who the only thing we ever did was we, we would play pretend like, like this with like guns and, and, and stuff and have like elaborate gun, like play gun fights, um, where we would be playing either mission impossible or the rock, um, <laughs> I was, As, I was, I was always, know, always into the A-team because I'm a little bit older. So I mean, A-team yeah. was a, a go-to. Because then you can yeah. shoot each other for 20 minutes and no one can get hit. Right. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. But I remember I had one friend who would, um, when we would play Mission Impossible, he would pace around giving exposition about what we were, the mission that we were about to go do. <laughs> and then it would literally just be us, like, just, you know, shooting imaginary bad guys and or each other because one of us would mm-hmm. inevitably turn on the others and yeah so that's what this reminds me of is like growing up in florida and playing mission impossible with my friends yeah and like i love how i love how they're each all three of them are like not a like the, the they play along like if you get hit you actually you have to act out getting yeah. hit mm-hmm. and it's just like this unspoken and yeah even because the, if, even you if you don't if you don't play along you, you you're violating the code and like right. you're like yeah, okay, totally. it's like it's like the whole yes and thing in improv. If you don't do that, then you're not doing it right, and you're looked down upon for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I, I think we've even brought this up on the show, but like that's I think that's why community works is it's it's a world. Everyone in Greendale has to play along with whatever's going on. If if it's a saloon western episode, everyone has to find a way to get in fit into the world of a like saloon. Right. Totally. Um. Uh, I, so, so, uh, when, um, Tim and Daisy decide they're going to go, they're going to go out and they're starting, they start going over the plans, which, uh, George referenced earlier. Um, I love that. Like, not only is this a, uh, you know, one of those pre-references that we talk about where, right. You know, they, they come back to it in Shaun of the Dead and sort of, you know, take the same sort of gag and redo it again. Um, only, you know, better because right um but but sure, yeah. but uh yeah so th- this is like that but then it's also listening to tim's description of what they're going to do <laughs> specifically <laughs> reminds me of of gary king in the world's end uh uh saying like you know mm-hmm. describing to the to the hotel lady who is marcia by the way um <laughs> mm-hmm. uh d- describing to her what their plans are going to be for the evening 
Um, Leave a light on, good lady. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I just I I love that, and that's not the that's not the only uh, World's End pre reference that we'll get uh, in this episode either. Um, yeah, yeah, and it it just it just a uh, it feels there is something sent the quintessentially Peggy and or Wrightian about breaking down like a, a night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, like I I love the way they I love the way the show differentiates between Tim's imagination and Daisy's imagination. Mm-hmm. Like we we get to see not just how Tim sees the world, but how how Daisy sees the world, and how those two things are constantly kind of on edge with one another. Like Daisy sees her life as a very like posh coming of age like romance and tim just sees everything like 2000 ad right yeah, just slamming it and moving on to the next one is like we puke we fall down or we puke and fall down mm-hmm. <coughs> well and then it's it's also um you know visually uh, uh tim's tim's night is done in that comic book style while daisy's mm-hmm. is done in photographs because daisy wants like a real night and he kind of wants something like otherworldly you he know? wants something satisfying and Daisy wants something that like, which is totally, I think, a part of being in your 20s, which is like, I think we're supposed to be having this kind of night. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But we're, we're supposed to go to a play and talk about it and then go to this kind of restaurant we've never been to before. But Tim's like, no, we're going to just drink <laughs> and make 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 it hurt less. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> freaking great and then the whole the whole opening montage of their uh of the two of them hanging out um and and one of my favorite things something that will get stuck in my head a lot is daisy's impression of elvis (laughs) when 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 they when you know she's he's like they're describing what they wanted to be when they grew up and and uh daisy says she wanted to be elvis and he's like that's ridiculous elvis is a bloke and then he just got to her being elvis Uh, there's like such scorn in his voice too when he says that it's like he's a bloke you can't be that you're a girl whatever Yeah, very uh the kind of theme of this episode is like these characters reverting to a child state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I mean like there there's such a great little moment where Mike loses Colin and then he goes to Brian for help and he's like I've been naughty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Well, and then, then you and have then the gunfight, the you have, you know, yeah, oh, yeah everything yeah. is sort of like dialing them down into like just showing how grown-ups are still children just taller and with a little bit more spending money. But yeah, then, but then, stops, and then really. to to mix that up, we have the villains of the episode, which uh, we have two villains. We have Peter Serafinowicz um, returning mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know doing his best, uh, yeah, doing mm-hmm. yeah as Dwayne, but doing his uh, Darth Maul voice like completely, and even <laughs> quoting Darth Maul at one point, which is really great. Um, but but we have him uh, who sort of represents. You know everything that that Tim hates about grownups, like about being an adult, is like guys like Dwayne, um, be- because he <laughs> he sees him as like everything everything that Dwayne represents. Like he doesn't want to be, but also kind of it seems like he feels is going to be inevitable one day. Um, is that he's going to have to become like someone like that? And then on the flip side of that, you have. The the teenagers who want to steal their weed, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, just nakedly like no, you you want it, you have something that I want, and I want you to give it to me. <laughs> right? Yeah, I I don't know, like I just I I I kind of I, yeah, there's something yeah, something no, to be yeah. said about like all of that um, sort of you know syncing up thematically, like you were talking about, because that's a that's a very specific like yeah, like when you when you first start to become sort of nervous around younger people. Like that's a very new phenomenon in your life. Mm-hmm. We're like, Oh, I don't you like somehow you've like crossed that line into, Oh, I'm older now because I don't trust these youths. <laughs> well, that, yeah. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to, I'm going to cross the street now. I don't want to that, that, that bit where, where um, he's at the urinal, which is the other, you know, world's end pre-reference is, uh, mm-hmm. Is is Simon Pe- a Simon Pegg character talking to uh, a kid younger than him at a urinal? Um, 
at a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, but but he, when he when he's trying to connect with him using like a, a commercial that this kid clearly <laughs> yeah, didn't grow up. Yeah, watching. but then but not only that, but then it it doesn't just not go over like it not it doesn't just go over this kid's head. But he also gets deeply deeply offended, and he's like, "What he makes are mad. you talking yeah. about? What are you talking about?" It, yeah, and then the, he the, just wants to kill him. Like the the first time watching it, or you know, the first time in in a while, I always like, I always think that there's more. Like, <laughs> oh well, you know, there's a twist where why he's like this, but no, he's just a he's just a shithead. Yeah, he's just a shithead. Absolutely. Uh, I love it. I love um, that. Also, I, I, I know we said this last time, but I just I'm all about what Sarah Fenowitz is doing as Dwayne mm-hmm. in these episodes. He's just so great. The Tick himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Peter and uh, and we get a we get a phantom the first kind of semi positive uh, phantom menace shout out right yeah yeah that's what I was referencing earlier with the uh, with 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 him like literally quoting himself as Darth Maul yeah um, which is uh, <laughs> so great at last I will oh oh also revenge. the way both Daisy and Dwayne were laughing at each other while <laughs> Tim was like having his breakdown was amazing like yes. both of them individually were doing so good. Oh yes, like like the way how Sarah like Dwayne doesn't break his like character even when he's laughing. Mm-hmm. He still has to kind of be like, oh, <laughs> it's always making eye contact. Yeah, it's very 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 intense. <laughs> he he's just a very intense person. Oh, so good. <laughs> I love the bit where he's like, no hard feelings, right? It's like you shot me in the bollocks, Tim. He's like, like I said, no hard feelings, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just the wordplay. Like, he so looks at notch. and he looks at Daisy for approval. Like, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you heard that, and she's like, "Yeah, good job, good work." I love that. Um, I also really love uh, when Daisy is describing uh, Marsha's story, and it like Tim is having a conversation with oh, right. Marsha through Daisy's story. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get that great bit where uh, Marsha's like, who knows what I could be like if that had never happened. And then you just see the actress who plays Marsha like playing a newscaster. <laughs> I'm, I'm back to you, Tim. And Tim's like, thanks. Yeah. It's, I, I love how that whole scene, those, those scenes like interacted with each other. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I also I just love uh, that Mike and Brian have a storyline together. But also, I was so excited to see them together, and we just don't spend any time with them whatsoever. Like we get yeah. that one scene, I'm like, oh, I'm cool, like a Mike and Brian storyline, and then we don't see them again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we we get the we get the tail end, right? Yeah, no pun intended, or maybe intended. Mm-hmm. Well, um, one thing I like about this show in general wait, is yeah, that. Oh, no, go on. So what? Oh no! Go on. I was Please. just saying one thing I like about the show in general is that it doesn't just lay on the di- 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 sorry the dynamics between people. So like so the last episode I was on chaos, everyone was sort of like brought together to get Colin back, and from that spawned mm-hmm. a sub plot of um, Brian and Twist together, and that's carrying on. But we don't really see a lot of it. We just hear like bits and pieces and like we get an idea how it's progressing as far as relationship goes, even in this episode, but we don't have to watch like, you know, three, you know, three different separate episodes specifically focused on Brian and twist relationship. So this thing between, um, yeah, you know, Mike and, and, and Brian is like, okay, well they had an adventure going out to find Colin, but they don't have to show it to know that they'll probably be closer as friends after that because they kind of went through this ordeal and it will play out later because they, they have more of a, a dynamic with each other. So they're more comfortable around each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and um, it, 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 that again feels super the way you actually do, you know, the way you interact with someone else's life is you kind of do just get the pieces that you're there for. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there is so much of Brian, you know, yeah, and Brian and Twist that we're just we we're not going to be able to see because it doesn't take place at this apartment. Yeah, it's like those friends where, um, you know, you hang out with this group of friends all the time, and then like suddenly two of the friends who have never really interacted together are like suddenly like all chummy, and you're like, oh, you guys are, you guys are just. 
kids have a thing now. Okay. They have that happen. Yeah, all right. You know, and then they say, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, so I met her at your party, and then we had each other on Facebook, and we started talking, and it turned out really good, and now we're gone yeah. out a few times, and now we're like, you know, and next thing you know, they're married. And it's like, right. how the hell? Yeah. It's like, it is really one of those, like, things. And I like the, like, little ripples that we see coming out, but not actually seeing the drops as they happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, and and Mike saying goodbye to the twist painting like it was twist was great. <laughs> Bye, twist. <laughs> um, the other thing that I want to talk about uh, that's like one of my one of my favorite bits. I mean, you know, we we skipped it in the cold open, but um, mm-hmm. returning to uh, the, to the scene from the cold open of uh, of Tim and Daisy versus uh, these uh, the boys. Um, yes, I. <laughs> The the clever boys. Um, <laughs> I, 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 wait, wait, he call it. Are they called like the? Is that a reference when he calls them the Red Hand Gang, or is that just what they're called? I don't know. Yeah, there's like a movie or something like that, right? For like the Red Hand Gang. I've, okay, sounds like something I've, I've heard. I've never seen it, but I've heard it used before. Yeah, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, yeah, but the 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 resurgence of the finger gun fight is is so great. But my favorite part of it. Is that it's it starts out really exciting and slowly transitions into tragedy. Yes. <laughs> that's that's my favorite part of it. It's just and then and then it's Daisy that has to snap Tim out of it and be like, hey, hey, the, the, none of this is real. Let's get up and get out of here. <laughs> yeah, like by the way, none He's of that. So she can she can break the spell because she's not, she's not, you know, she was using it uh for uh you know for their their own purposes but like she's actually not involved like but also in sticking within the idiom of the show females are the quasi sensible ones in this show so she's like mm-hmm. okay we've well, yeah, done they, it yeah. now get up and let's go you idiot so she's, <laughs> yeah. she's the one sort of like snapping him back to his senses because he's like you know the child at play you know even if he is fighting his mortal enemies right mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and then the the good oregano coming back because they give him the oregano, <laughs> the oregano, yeah, the yeah the oregano to to smoke, and uh, he loves it. Except the culinary, uh, the kid that works for a culinary place is like, oh, or or he's a culinary student. He's like, this is oregano. This is culinary uh, catering because <laughs> the British use such different terms for so many things. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I think it just you're right. Even I think said, like, say, I'm a catering student. I'm like, to me, that's like, so you're learning how to set up chafing dishes for large parties and weddings, right? Right. I think you're right. I think, I think, I think to them, like, I, I assume that uh, catering means like culinary arts or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we actually, now that I think about it, catering is a better word than culinary arts, which sounds so silly. And you know, culinary arts was probably invented by some marketing department just to sell right. their, their cooking program. Like, yeah. let's make it say like culinary arts instead of cooking school. Right. It's like the it's <laughs> like the people at Subway being called sandwich artists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It's up churching it or, up there, uh, Subway. It, what what movie? <laughs> what, what what movie chain is it where like the employees are called like co-stars? AMC or like AMC? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's like, all right, scoop my popcorn, co-star. Sorry, Gary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so then we get, we get, uh, like, I just love how everything that goes wrong sort of comes back together in the end, um, which is almost like foreshadowing how the rest of the season goes, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, Tim forgets his keys and Dwayne takes them and throws them onto a, onto a truck that's like driving away. Which does that weird uh, thing of like driving around the neighborhood, but never actually going anywhere. Right. (laughs) Have you guys ever seen that preacher preacher series? At least the first one, first season. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they have that weird Scott school has. bus that drives around for no reason. This truck reminded right. me of that school bus driving around the uh, Anvil. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah. So like, it's uh, it's driving around, and then you know it fall. The keys fall off the truck, and Colin shows up at like the exact same time in front of the 
in front of the house. And it's just like, I, I just, I, I love that the show doesn't care. They're just like, yeah, whatever. Sometimes it's just a coincidence and everything just works out and it's fine. Oh, you guys are taking yeah, Colin I, out for a midnight walk? Great, I, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I get writer's envy a lot watching this show. Uh-huh. Um, and not, not, not always because of like, oh, it's so good. I mean, it is good. But also like, oh, yeah, it can't be that simple, can it? <laughs> they can just find the fucking keys. They can just be on the fucking, the dog can be there too. Fuck it. And I'm just like, sure, I, wish why I, not? I wish they could do that. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> but it, it's kind of the thing, with, like we were talking about with the pilot, where it's like, man, this pilot, nothing happens in this pi- in the first episode. Oh, no, yeah. Like, it's just, it's just nothing really happens in that first episode. And, and it, it feels a lot like this, where you're just like, I love this show, and I don't know why, because nothing happens. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really does. It, it's the perfect hangout show, because you, you feel like you're – with people as opposed to being told a story. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's one of those things. Of, sorry, go ahead, Scott. Oh, I was just going to say, it's, it's that, it's that thing where when you hang out with people and you do something, you, you have like a night that's like, just like, Oh man, all these stories. And then you try and tell people later and you're like, well, you, I, I guess you just had to be there. I had to be there. Yeah. And that's kind yeah, of how totally. this feels. Cause if you describe what happened to them, it's really not that exciting because you mm-hmm. kind of just have to watch it for yourself and experience it. Like you had to be there. That happens to me a lot with my family where I'll, I'll, I'll specifically, I'll be off. I'll be like talking to my friends. I'm like, Oh guys, my dad said the, the fucking craziest funny thing today. And then mm-hmm. I'll tell them and they'll be like, yeah, it sounds like something a dad would say. And I'm like, yeah, but it's my dad, you know? And like, yeah, there's just, it, 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 it's like that old thing about like, you can't tell people your dreams because it'll just be boring. Yeah. Right. Which happens in this show. Oh yeah. That's true. <laughs> what were you going to say, George? I was just going to say that I think the reason why it feels like that sort of like that hangout show is because they do such a good job of portraying this very weird, but very realistic dynamic. So you feel like you're a part of it. Whereas a lot of the mm-hmm. other shows are there's so set pieces like coupling or friends or things like that where you just feel like you're watching through a glass pane like of this life that is like mm-hmm. is this very you know isolated bubble of these people. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Like like you're watching other people yeah. hang out like at a like 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 you're at high school again, which you know has a yeah, sort of like voyeuristic feel, but also it's like it eventually sort of loses its flair because eventually like well why do I care about these people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I also I also do want to say while we were talking about things in the show that have like penetrated our or, or movie language that has penetrated our real life, I I say he, he who laughs last laughs loudest about like once a week. <laughs> <laughs> like if I'm at like the grocery store and there's like one kind of thing that I have want left, I'm like he who laughs last laughs loudest. <laughs> and you say it just like that too. Yeah, of course. When people walk by, like you sound like Darth Maul. (laughs) Are you doing Pierce in a Fairwood? And then he says, "Clever boys," and then walks away. Um, And presumably they murder him because we don't see him again. I don't think. No, yeah, no, he's dead. He's definitely dead. Mm -hmm. Um, Canon, canon. So The Shining has to be the movie that this that spaced referenced the most, right? Yeah. Like I, I just, I, like, I feel like there's not even is it just like competition or is it um, uh, uh, Kubrick in general? I feel like specifically they do The Shining a lot. Because yeah. I, I mean, I got the reference in here with him sitting on the doorstep, you know, sh- you know, sh- shivering. Mm-hmm. You know, he's making that like sort of like frozen <clears throat> face at the end of The Shining, right? But, well, the, the, yeah, there, there's that like the, here. The twins and the pilot. Right. There's the twins and the pilot. There's uh, Daisy seeing old lady Daisy dancing in the other room. Um, <laughs> I mean, there, there's like there's there's a bunch of shining references. Like it's there. There's the um, uh, Tim's stepdad. That reference. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shining reference. I think I think what it is, and I'm I'm not the world's biggest shining fan, but I it is such a so much of what is iconic about that movie is visual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you have like, uh, you know, here, here's Johnny 
uh, you know, Wendy, light of my life. But really, like, when I think of The Shining, I think of, like, the that, like Jack Nicholson frozen with that look on his face. Or, like, the twins. And, yeah, so I, 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 there probably is something really smart I could say about the correlation between Edgar Wright as a visual storyteller and his, like, fascination with The Shining. But whatever. Hmm. Um... I guess that's it. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't have anything else. Uh, what did we think of the? Uh, we had another benchmark uh, uh, Tim Daisy moment at the end of this episode. What did we? Oh, the did we, where they cuddle. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. It felt they always find a way to make it feel not annoying. Yeah. When they, whenever they like, do they're it. not trying to shove it so down your throat. It's almost like an afterthought. It's like, oh yeah, let's have them do a thing where they actually look like they're moving closer to each yeah. other. Yeah, I mean they 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 do kind of the the holy grail of of this kind of TV writing where the, they make the audience wants it more than the writers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think the thing that I like so much about Tim and Daisy is that um, it feels like how a real relationship starts, which which is that like it's just that moment where you guys are like hanging out and then, you know, she's cold and you go and you warm her up and you guys, you have a little bit of a moment, you know, it's usually a really small thing like that. It's not usually like Mm -hmm. a big grand romantic thing. It's usually something. Everyone's, everyone else is inside. Like it just beats you for the first time. Right. Yeah. That, that's always the thing that starts a relationship. And so, it it just feels so natural and so much more natural than it does in those other shows that we're always referencing, like How I Met Your Mother and Friends, um, where it's always these big grand gestures or uh, or coupling even. The other one that we reference, like when when characters um, when the two characters on that show get together that aren't the main characters. Um, those two characters getting together, it's like a really big deal. Like yeah. it's a huge moment. Or in in New Girl, when when Jess and, and Nick get together, it was like a really huge deal, not subtle at all. And this is just a really small, subtle moment of it intimacy. was a promo moment yeah. in New Girl. Like right. you know, like, this is you better tune in this week because Jess and Nick are gonna kiss. Well, that's right. because you get and these you, you go get in. these like subtle, beautiful, small, little tender moments that just sort of like blossom into something and they just like hit it so like perfectly that it's like hard to replicate. So then you get these other shows trying to replicate it and the only thing they know how to do is just to just grind it away as like this is gonna be a thing. You need to see this. You need to watch this. So instead of like you said, the audience wanting it more than the writers. The writers are just cramming it down the audience's throat because this is how it has to be. Right. Totally. It. 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 it I think the the audience audiences just do not like to feel manipulated. Mm-hmm. They They love being manipulated. They just don't like to the feel that. They, they don't yeah, like. Exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, of of this moment and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, the thing that that's so great about it, and I think the thing that is, I mean, the reason why, even though they don't get together by the end of the show, like you still feel satisfied with it, is because, like, you feel like, yeah, it's inevitable. Like those mm-hmm. two are going to get together. Like, yeah, we we just don't we just don't see that part of the story, right? Because the the reality is. It probably wasn't a big deal when it eventually happens. It was probably just a thing where, like, one day they were both just, like, hanging out, you know, in their in their little beanbag chair. And, you know, one of them just – they're, like, laughing and then one of them just makes the move on the other and then there we go and it's done. And then what, Scott? Yeah, <laughs> I'll keep Scott, going. Tell us next. Um, yeah. yeah. But, but you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's usually – it's probably just something really small – and like, oh, I guess this is going to be a thing now. It's not well, because of a big that romantic point, gesture. Everyone, everyone watching the show is going to be like, finally. And the only thing that they're really going to show is the characters realizing what the audience has been wanting all along. We don't have to mm-hmm. see that to know what happens mm-hmm. if we can see the progression moving in that direction. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Everything else is left yeah. to our imagination, which is a much better medium anyway. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> the um, ultimate medium. And uh and 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 there you go. And this was the ultimate episode of Spaced.
Um, yeah, and it has such a lovely little ending. I, I just love all of them just going inside to have stew. Yeah. Yeah. And then the whole oh, man, like, oh, wait, wait, are, are they trying to imply that they are really, really high now because that wasn't oregano that you put in her stew? Oh, I don't know. I guess. Yeah, that doesn't really. Yeah, the 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 geography of the weed or the oregano doesn't 100 percent check out with me, if we're being honest. No, I think you're I think you're I think I think George is right. I think she gave them the oregano and they, I don't think they ever got the oregano back. So I think that it was weed at the end. I think she put weed in her stew. Okay. But uh, no, I, I do love that. And you know what? I will say weed aside, eating just like a hearty, like just like thick, amazing stew is that sounds like the most amazing, like hangover, like drunk food to like ever, <laughs> like you ever eat. It yeah, just sounds you know, amazing. I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I think, I think stew in general is just really underrated. Yeah. I agree. Lisa Goodwin. A good one is 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 hard to beat. It's all and, the good things probably, in one spot. Yeah, and probably just in America. To be honest, it's probably just underrated in America. Oh, that's true. I'm sure. Yeah, maybe in in England, it's much more of a uh, regular thing, part a of staple. Yeah, yeah. But um, let us know. We we had, we had a listener let us know about uh, the Department of Social Security. Yeah, that's Twitter, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, so teach us about stew, guys. Yeah, teach us about <laughs> stew. You have any stew recipes? Post them on uh, the group on Facebook. Um, we'll be good students. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yes. Yeah. Only good. way this could have ended. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, George, thanks for joining us for this, thanks for uh, having this me. episode. Yeah, thanks for coming back. Um, this, is a, this is a great episode. I just... It just it man, it just feels good watching it, you know. You do. Um, it, it, I, it it like a stew. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's like a stew itself. I will say, um, this particular stew was missing a little twist. Um, hey, oh, but, uh, hey, oh. yeah. I, I mean, we had so we had a yeah. phone conversation. We got, right, we got we got painting twist. Painting um, twist. But I did miss. I do miss actual twist. Yeah, she is the character. She's one of the the few casualties of 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 this show not being like like four seasons. Yeah, because right. we didn't get to hear like wash your sheets and your penis. <laughs> right, <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the series. Let alone just by her. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. All right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, George, you have anything you want to plug? Uh. Mogwai Minute's currently on hiatus, but we are in uh, pre-planning phases to bring um, uh, Gremlins 2, the new batch, in the new year. So that's going to happen. And we'll also be dropping a few one-off things in the next couple of months that we're recording, following a very central, specific theme slash actor that were both uh, near and dear to mine and Neil's hearts. So uh, keep an ear out for that on our feed. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, uh, I think that's it. Uh, Nick and I are uh, going to be back in a couple of days to talk about the penultimate episode of Spaced. And uh, we'll talk to you then. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.